Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santarelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, so let's get into the episode. So today I'm going to be doing another review of the viral podcast series Fed Up. Uh, Today I will be reviewing episode number five, The French Connection. Uh, First, just a quick little personal update. So I went grocery shopping the other day at Trader Joe's, as one does, and I was craving this vegan udon noodle Thai salad that's so, so, so good. And I wanted to get four of them and eat them throughout the week as one of my meals. And of course, they were out. So I ended up making, <clears throat> getting a bunch of cucumbers and making my typical salad. But for some reason, this, the dressing did not come out well. I think I put too much vinegar. So trying to fix that, but very determined to have a very, um, you know, whole food type of week. Uh, I will say, as I was today, I just cooked this sweet potato that I bought the bag maybe two or three weeks ago and used all of them except one. And so I put it in the refrigerator so it wouldn't go bad. And it was on the verge of, of going bad, but I did finally use it today, just chopped it up, made some sweet potato fries. And I have to say, there is such a sense of satisfaction from using the last of your vegetables. Now, I'm someone that one of my biggest pet peeves is wasting food, whether it's from a restaurant, taking every little bit home, or when I've, you know, prepared something or when I've shopped for something and then it just goes bad. It honestly very, very rarely happens with me specifically because I'm so anal retentive about using everything. I mean, to the point where, you know, I'll eat cucumbers for breakfast if I think they're going to go bad later in the day. Um, And so, no, I will have like portions of things that go bad, like, uh, like, you know, I had this little, like the rest of a head of broccoli. So there's probably like a quarter of it left. I'm okay with that. But my boyfriend, for example, he will throw away whole salads. Like he'll think he's going to eat healthy and he'll order all these pre-made salads from Amazon and have it delivered because he like refuses to not have anything delivered. (laughs) And, um, and then he throws like, multiple full salads with all the fixings and his salads he gets like the cob salad like with the the meat and the cheese and the croutons and the dressing in there and it's it's a meal and so he literally throws away like four of these he'll throw away full bags of salad i mean the food waste that my boyfriend it's it's out of control i just have to turn away and pretend it's not happening um and he he had the audacity to just say to me Oh, you waste food all the time. I'm always throwing stuff out. I'm like, what? Give me an example. You know what his example was? That little leftover, like, piece of the broccoli head. I'm like, that's like a quarter of the broccoli head left over, and I used most of it. So that does not count. Like, you know, you're not going to use every single iota. Now, when you can, that's fantastic. If there's mold on something, obviously, I'm going to throw it away. Um, But I very, very rarely let food go to waste. So pat on my back. (laughs) Anyway, um, let me know if DM me on Instagram at the diet obsessed podcast. If you agree, if you have any pet PV types of things around wasting food, 
I know I was just listening to the Taylor Strecker show that I review sometimes on this show. And she was talking about how she buys these beautiful um, containers of berries and she like wants to save them for something special and and they always end up going bad. And I'm like, oh, when I heard her say that, I'm like, that is the worst. I mean, and you spend so much money on berries, like fresh berries. That's why I buy frozen berries and I get a lot of my fruits and vegetables in through frozen things in my shake because then I don't have to worry about them going bad. Fresh berries are so much more expensive and they do go bad so easily. So anyway, that's my diatribe about food waste. Okay, let's get into the Fed Up review. <clears throat> this one is number five, The French Connection. Now, let me say before I get into this podcast, I do think they're doing a good job of making the audience member feel like they don't, they're not sure who they should be supporting. You know, they're showing good and bad sides of all the characters, of Ingrid, of Tanya, of Emily. And so on one episode, you might be like, oh, I'm kind of on her side. I hope she wins. And then on another episode, you're kind of on that side. So I am reserving my judgment uh, until the end and probably till I do more deep diving. I mean, I'm deep diving on the sides of all of these episodes. And like I, I get got sucked into the F Factor Facts Instagram page the other day. Like supposedly she has some podcast coming out about this whole thing. So I'm kind of curious about that. And and she's now gone from not also not being sure who to support. Now it looks like she's firmly on Tanya's side. Now I will say as a business owner, there is part of me that like feels for Tanya. Like this, she's, this is her baby. I mean, she's built it from the ground up and it's her brand. I mean, I kind of feel similar with what happened to my business recently with this huge conglomerate that's trying to destroy my business. And, uh, and, and it's, it's so when you feel like people are, actively trying to destroy something that you've literally put your blood, sweat, and tears into, uh, that's, you know, it's hard to watch that. Um, but then, but then you hear that, you know, Emily is posting things that have no truth to them. And so, and then also though, that they're there, she does actually have some medical records. So anyway, I'm reserving my judgment till the end. Cause I do want to, you know, come up with my own, opinion on this. But I will say I'm very entertained by this whole series. So in this episode, you get into who Ingrid is, which I've been curious about since I first kind of heard about her briefly, like months and months and months ago. And so this one really gets into it. So so this starts out, this episode takes you back to 2006, on the very, very early days of when the internet was just getting started, when Facebook was just coming out and Twitter was just coming out and Instagram wasn't even around. And it takes you back to this young French woman living in Queens, this beautiful, young, fashionable, very wealthy woman in her, you know, stiletto Louboutins and a nine carat rock on her finger. Rolex on her, on her wrist, platinum hair. And she gets home. And shortly after she gets home, there's a knock at the door. And it's the FBI with their guns drawn and handcuffs out. And she just assumes that they're there for her husband. She's like, and so you hear Ingrid talking, you know, in her beautiful French accent. 
and she's she's shocked. She's just shocked because they're there for her. And they they search the house, and apparently there was a very very quick trial, and she ended up having to do time in federal prison. And she's like, you know, what I went through is not normal for that crime. And I've been curious, like, what did she do? Like, what was her crime? And you do find that out later. So then she's, so then it fast forward to a decade later, she's living this very affluent life. And she thought she had put this, this criminal past behind her. Um, And then, and then Romy, you hear that Romy girl with the Australian accent come, you know, you just hear her as a voiceover that says the best predictor for future behavior is past behavior. And and so you you know that that's like foreshadowing for what comes next in the episode. So so then it just gets into, you know, who who this French Ingrid is. And so it goes back to 2018 and Ingrid's getting really tired of all of these trolly messages that she's getting from people that support Tanya. You know, they're they're trolling her on social media, telling her that she's copying Tanya. And and they're the Instagram handles ha- are like In- Ingrid BS and and you know, just basically um very uh negative towards Ingrid as a person. And and the these troll accounts start digging into her past and start exposing her criminal her criminal you know history and so she ends up going to this uh concert with her husband and posting this picture she's at a Jay-Z concert with her husband you know blinged out and talking like gangster chic, yeah, gangster chic, bitch. Like no one's gonna shame me for my past. Gangsters like where it's at. So basically trying to own her criminal past and basically being like, no one's gonna shame me. I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna own this. And so then you hear Michael from the Skinny Confidential podcast. Uh, Michael is one of the hosts of this Skinny Confidential pod- podcast with Lauren Everhart. Now, I've reviewed that specific podcast, you know, months ago on my podcast. If you scroll, you'll find it. I think I've re- uh, reviewed a couple of their episodes. I need to go back and find this one. I haven't been able to find it yet, but I will find it. Um, and so you hear Michael's voice just saying, so, you know, you had some legal troubles and, and, you know, he's getting into the details of, you know, what happened because Michael and his wife, Lauren are, you know, very into wellness. I mean, that's what their whole podcast is about. It's all about wellness and health and beauty and skincare and, you know, all like the gamut of wellness. It's about entrepreneurship. It's about good habits. It's about routines. It's about, you know, so many different topics on wellness, not just about dieting and weight loss and fitness, but, um, you know, runs the gamut on wellness and they're friends. Like, like I had heard that Lauren and this girl, Ingrid, they're friends. I think they've met up in Europe before. And Ingrid says she's the godmother of Lauren's daughter, Zaza. I don't know if that's true or not, but there's, there's, they're definitely friends. You do see pictures of them together on Instagram. So anyway, Ingrid comes on And she's talking about, I used to be ashamed of it, but, you know, now she realizes that she has to own her past because it's going to make her stronger. And she said that she had her first child at 20 and he had an autism diagnosis. And so, 
you know, she located a center in New York that would be able to treat him, but she said she didn't have a lot of money. So she was trying to resale her designer clothes on eBay for a markup. And that started working really well for her. So then she started a website with a business partner and the business partner would take care of the sales. Ingrid would go out, find designer clothes at a discount, you know, probably at like, you know, um, secondhand clothing stores, but then she'd put it on eBay and mark it up for a profit. I remember I dated a guy that was trying to do this and I thought it was like the weirdest thing. Now people do this and make a ton of money on it. So who am I to judge? But I didn't like it that this guy that I dated was doing it anyway. Um, so, so, so ended it anyway, what happened is people weren't actually getting their the stuff that they ordered so there'd be stuff like juicy couture suits track suits and all these you know high-end brands that people would pay a lot of money for they'd find it on ebay and they would try to buy it but then but then they weren't able to receive it like they just it never showed up and so they would try to get their money back from their bank unsuccessfully i believe And so then they would write nasty reviews about the company to try to deter other people from using them. And then these, so these fake websites apparently had a fake attorney that would then reach out to these people and tell them to remove their reviews or they'd get sued. And so, so apparently, so Ingrid apparently created all of these fake websites and fakes customer service people that when people would try to call and complain and find out what was going on, they would, she would, she would give them the runaround. She would be rude and very annoying back. And apparently she created so many of these websites and so many of these fake characters. So it turns out there were 80 documented complaints. And now she, she acts like she was shocked. She's like, I didn't know that people weren't getting their merchandise. And they ended up, she ended up getting charged for wire fraud and mail fraud because of this. And her, her, her lawyer ended up advising her not to take the plea deal because it was a two year deal. And she's like, her, her attorney was apparently like, don't, don't take this plea deal. They're trying to get you to do two years for this. And this, you were literally working out of your kitchen. So, you know, we'll, we'll get you a better, a better deal. And so they ended up finding her guilty on all seven accounts. And she defends herself saying like, I was selling jeans, not drugs. Uh, But, and they put her apparently in a medium security prison. She's like, I was with murder, murderers. It was actually Danbury, Connecticut, where apparently Orange is the New Black was supposed to take place. But she ended up having to pay $168,000 in restitution to 82 victims she was able to get a reduced sentence down to one year and she ended up serving six months. She's like, I ate basically nothing for those six months. I was so stressed. I went down to 85 pounds and, you know, she ended up, you know, as she walked out fashionable as ever, putting on her Chanel clothing and swiping on her lip gloss. So she, she did the time, but she still is her glamorous self and, and left in a, in a very, you know, uh, fashionable way. Um, but then she ended up deciding to start her own brand a decade later called Gangster Chic. Now, <clears throat> she created this this Gangster Chic brand basically because she has a criminal past and it's kind of like 
owning that, right? Like I'm a gangster. I went to jail. I'm out and I'm going to make it chic. It's, it's actually kind of like when I first heard the name, I had no idea that it, it actually meant something and did relate to her past. I thought it was a really weird name for a brand, but now it makes sense. Um, and it's just a white powder that you sprinkle into your coffee. It's just inulin, inulin, which is a high quality plant-based fiber. It is different from F factor, but it is similar in that it's a powder and it's fiber. And she would encourage people to put it in their food to stay full and to help with weight loss. And so she ended up starting to sell it on the internet. So, so here's where, you know, all the drama comes from. You know, she and F Factor are both selling fiber in powder form that can be added to people's foods that are, that's meant to help your overall health and aid in weight loss. So apparently a lot of the F Factor customers started noticing it and using it. And so Ingrid would make a joke about no cocaine here because the powder kind of looked like cocaine. Uh, and, and apparently Jewel the Bee, who is, if you remember back to my last episode, was the influencer from F Factor that kind of turned on F Factor. And so Jewel the Bee started following her, uh, and, and, you know, started using the products and, you know, recognized that, you know, she's now doing this over Tanya, you know, instead of promoting Tanya's content. And so, so Jewel, so anyway, so Jewel ends up kind of going towards this new brand that is similar to F Factor, but not, definitely not F Factor. And so Ingrid notices that this, this Jewel person that she recognized from Tanya's content was starting to buy her products, you know, starting to follow her on all of her accounts. And Ingrid ended up getting really paranoid because she had been trolled for so many years by, or, you know, allegedly, um, you know, uh, trolled by Tanya's followers, followers for many years. So Ingrid just assumed that that this Jewel the Bee was a spy, that she was going to start trolling her, that she was, you know, trying to use the products and under and learn what Ingrid's doing so that she can attack her. And Ingrid just didn't feel safe. So she ended up blocking Jewel the Bee on all of her accounts. But Jewel was not to be deterred. And Jewel reached out via email and said, Hey, you know, I, I wanted to follow you because a friend recommended you and recommended your products, said that it really helped her. And, you know, I, I noticed that when I just started following your accounts, I, I was blocked within minutes. And I just hope I didn't, haven't done anything to offend you. I would love to learn what I did if I did offend you. And, you know, I, I just want to follow you. I'm a fan of your products. And, and you know, I, I, I don't didn't mean any harm if I've offended you. And so... Ingrid's like, okay, you know, maybe I will trust her. And so she ends up responding to the email and said, look, I have a lot of distrust because I've been attacked by uh, Tanya's followers for selling fiber and, and talking about fiber. And I just, I can't deal with it anymore. And I just assumed that because you've been so vocal promoting F Factor that you were also going to start attacking me and harassing me. And I just didn't want to, you know, invite that into my world. So that's why I blocked you. But, you know, I will be open to you. I will trust you and I'll unblock you. So she did. And so, um, 
So apparently Jewel had listened to that Skinny Confidential podcast and just loved it. She loved Ingrid. She loved her vulnerability. She loved how open she was about all of all of the, you know, all of her past. And so, um, so, you know, Jewel had said that F Factor just had wasn't working for her. And in- Ingrid's products actually were. And, but Ingrid was like immediately like nervous about that because she's like, look, I'm not trying to steal her clients. I'm not trying to like pretend I'm F Factor. She's like, I'm just, I'm, I'm promoting my little brand over in my corner of the world. And, you know, the fact that Jewel wants to talk about it, you know, I just, Ingrid was basically so paranoid and didn't want Jewel to be super open and vocal about it. But then Jewel wanted to start being vocal about it. She wanted to talk about how how um, Ingrid's product was really helping her. And so and and she so after a few months of util- using the products and following, she wanted to post about it. And she wanted to, you know, portray Ingrid in this very glamorous way, you know, talking about how Ingrid made wellness sexy and attainable and straightforward. And, and even though she's not the producer of this product, this inulin product, she is the only distributor of this European inulin made from, apparently this, this product is made from pure Jerusalem artichoke root. And, and Jewel went on to kind of just keep glowing about, uh, about Ingrid and saying that she's an expert on the benefits. She doesn't produce it herself, but she is the only distributor and she's an expert on the benefits. And, you know, I've started using this and my health has improved. My psoriasis is gone. My nails are no longer cracked and peeling. My hair has never been thicker and healthier and shinier. My skin is clear and glowing. So, so Jewel the Bee just went from, you know, raving about F factor to now, dropping F factor and raving about Ingrid's products. And so you knew, you know, that the thought was that something had happened that turned Ingrid against Tanya, but you still really don't know exactly what it was or Ingrid didn't at least. And so, you know, Ingrid did realize that this would bring on harassment. And so, you know, then Jewel starts writing Ingrid about all the F-factor health complaints and how, you know, she kind of wanted to go on that that account Dumois, that anonymous account Dumois, and share what she knew and share and she wanted to help expose it. And uh, and Jewel wanted to share. Apparently, Jewel had this story. And there's a big debate about the veracity of this story. This is the first time I've heard that Jewel the Bee is the person who shared this story. Because I've heard about this story since the beginning of this whole controversy. The, the story that we heard was that Tanya had told one of her clients to stop taking antidepressants because it would make them overweight or it would make them gain weight. And... And this became one of the stories that was kind of like the lightning rod for this whole, you know, take Tanya down. And, you know, because that is obviously not good advice. If somebody does need antidepressant medication or mental health medicine, you're not supposed to just say, oh, forget about that. You know, it's going to make you gain weight. But Tanya's always denied it. And um, and Emily, the the... I, what I've heard is that 
no one has actually claimed that that story is theirs and come out with, you know, firsthand that that was their story to share. But apparently Jewel is the person that 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 happened to. And so Jewel wanted to share that story and and wrote to Dumois saying that that Tanya and she wrote it anonymously. So people send in anonymous tips to this Dumois page about celebrities and you don't know what's true because everyone's anonymous. A lot of times it's waiters or waitresses or, you know, you know, people that serve celebrities at restaurants that are like, oh, they were cheap or, oh, they didn't tip or, or on the opposite, like, oh, this person was so kind and generous. It's usually negative snarky stuff, but you know, I'm sure the, the occasional positive thing gets in there. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so Jewel ends up sending the story to Dumois and Emily reads it and is like, this is insane. Who would give this type of advice? And that's when the whole Emily thing started and, and Emily started making videos about this. So so that's interesting that that's where that story did come from. Jewel the Beast still isn't letting me follow her. I hope she lets me follow her someday. Anyway, so, so then it gets into how it's not just Jewel exchanging info with Ingrid. Ingrid is also messaging with Romy and F Factor Facts. So remember, Romy is the Australian girl behind F Factor Facts. And Romy wanted to learn the facts as well because she had been using F Factor products and didn't want to, you know, be recommending something that was causing harm. So Romy initially really liked Ingrid and, and related to her and believed her stories, thought she was being very vulnerable and felt like Ingrid was giving her a lot of juicy gossip. And and she actually was hoping to meet Ingrid because apparently they don't live that far away from each other. It's like a quick, well, maybe a couple hour train ride. But eventually they had a falling out. And apparently Romy started doubting Ingrid's story because of inconsistencies she found. And remember, Romy used to be a journalist. So she's very into, you know, the facts, the details and making sure that they all match up. And so she started talking about that she read Ingrid's book and there were a lot of inconsistencies between what she had written in her book and the story she was telling today and how, you know, she had, she had said that she needed to commit this crime because she was trying to, you know, afford health care for her son. But in her book, apparently Ingrid talks about how wealthy she is and how she can buy Hermes bags and how she drives Range Rovers and lives in a very, you know, large, expensive house. And so Romy's like, well, why do you need to like rip people off and steal from people and create these fake websites if you're already wealthy? And I mean, you know, just from the way that this was introduced, this, you know, you you know, Ingrid was arrested having a nine carat rock on her, on her hand. And the reality is when you hear even from Ingrid's words, how she started the business, she had designer clothes to sell. So obviously she was in a position to buy designer clothes right from the get go. And look, even if you're buying, you know, rent the runway at TJ Maxx, which is a great way to buy designer clothes at a discount, you're still spending like a hundred bucks for a shirt or a hundred, you know, $200 for a dress. So it's not like super cheap. And, um, and these were like, if you've been to the real, real, or you've been to any of these like Poshmark, I mean, you're still going to pay a lot of money for these brands. And so, so, 
you know, so Romy is kind of just noticing, like, there's some inconsistencies here. I don't know if she's being authentic. And then you hear Tanya come on talking about how she believes she's being targeted and that this is a takedown campaign from ex-employees that are disgruntled. And it's really become, at first she thought it was just a single person, a single woman, but now she realizes it's a group of women that are conspiring to take Tanya and her diet down. And, And Tanya said that Ingrid had created these fake accounts and they were creating this smear campaign about her company to take her down, you know, mainly because she had a competing product. And and Tanya's like, look, this is a woman that has a criminal record for stealing. And so, you know, you know, look at look at who look at the character of the person that's sharing these stories. And so so Romy started realizing that, you know, when you look at Ingrid's past, she had made up fake people. She had created these fake customer service people that she'd created this fake attorney and it was all her like she was responding to these people as the fake attorney she was responding to these people as the fake customer service agent now as i'm hearing this i i have to say that i don't like people that lack integrity and and Look, we've all we all have things that we wish we hadn't done. We, you know, hopefully we learn from those things and we grow and we move forward. Um, I'll never forget. I broke up with this this guy that I was dating. I don't know if I want to share this story. Um, he he told me this story. I had already I had already had questions. So he was an attorney. And let me, let me, let me share one of the stories he told me. I'll save the other one for another episode. But like, this was one of the stories that he told me that I started like doubting his integrity. And I'm like, he, he, he took this call from one of his friends and his friends apparently had gotten bedbugs somewhere at a hotel and they had left that hotel. So the friend knew the hotel he had gotten the bedbugs from, checked into this other hotel then realized that he had brought them home with him. And so the guy that I was dating was like, because he was going to have trouble proving that it was the first hotel, he was trying to make him be like, oh, we should just like, you know, blame it on the second hotel. And I'm like, that is not right. Like why you're going to, you're going to ruin someone else's business because it's easier for you to get money out of them. I, I was like that. I mean, that was, that that was almost the straw that broke the camel back camel's back and that was like a recent thing like here this other thing that he he wanted he wanted to create this fitness product now i'm someone that's been in the fitness industry okay and i worked for equinox which is science based fitness like the best of the best everything and he wanted to create this he like he looks at me he's like oh you you'd be great on an infomercial and i'm like for what and he's like, he was all secretive about it at first. He like wouldn't tell me this, this, this like product he was creating. And finally, like after we've been dating a couple months, he tells me that he's creating this product, but he doesn't even care if it works. Like he wanted to create some sort of like vibrating belt or some, some sort of like piece of like athletic equipment, if you will, that's supposed to vibrate that he was going to sell as if it was going to like work out for you basically but he didn't care if it worked all he cared is that people would think it worked and would buy it and waste their money on something that doesn't work now again that lacks so much integrity and you know i'm someone that has bought 
the Revo styler. Like I have the frizziest, frizziest hair. Now in today's society, I can buy the right hair products. I've learned how to straighten it. It works. Okay. I figured it out and the technology's gotten better. But back in the day when I was in high school, when I was in middle school, the technology was not there yet. And I bought this Revo styler off of an info. I got sucked right into this infomercial. It was a piece of crap. It did not work. I hate that. I hate it when I buy something that they already know they're, they're overselling it. it and it's a piece of shit. This is this guy wanted me to help him sell a piece of shit that didn't work. I'm like, no, dude. I'm like, we need to break up. That was not the story. I will tell that story one day. It's 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 a little let's get a little more comfortable with each other first. <laughs> anyway, um, so 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 this bothers me, right? This bothers me that Ingrid was creating fake websites, creating fake people and, and I'm sure, like, if you're someone that spent, and, and I'm sure she was charging thousands of dollars for some of these brand names, and then suddenly these people can't get through to anyone or can't, you know, they're, they can't get their money back. And, and while there's some people out there that, you know, like, oh, poor little rich person that, you know, can't get your Chanel or whatever, that's still a really shitty feeling and shitty to do to somebody. You know, that's why the fire Festival, it's like, you know, all these rich kids that spent all these thousands of dollars to go to this festival and got ripped off. I mean, again, people lack empathy for, you know, a lot of times when the wealthy get ripped off. But I'm sorry, I, I'm sure some of these people, I'm sure there were people in there that saved and saved and saved and thought they were getting a deal on a brand name. And probably, you know, maybe that was the only brand name thing that they that they had in their closet. And I'm, I just, you know, it's like a Jen Shaw type of thing. If anybody out there listen, like watches Bravo, Jen Shaw was ripping off like older people on the, like selling them stuff that was never going to work. It's, I really hate that. I just, I, I hate that anyway. So I, I have to say there is a part of me, I'm going to try to reserve. I'm going to reserve. Okay. Let me say that a little bit more firmly. I am going to reserve judgment on Ingrid because I don't know the full story. But I will say, at some, for someone that was in her 20s with a nine-carat rock wearing Christian Louboutins and she's ripping people off, that bothers me. Now, I probably don't know the whole story yet. So, again, I will report back if I and when I learn more. Anyway, so so I will say that, you know, and Tanya is bringing it up, right? And, you know... If you're getting attacked by somebody, if you're involved in a situation where, I mean, Tanya's saying Ingrid's trolling her, Ingrid's saying Tanya's trolling her. Who do you believe, right? And Tanya's bringing up her criminal past. And, you know, when you're in a war with people, you, you're going to bring up anything that you can about them, typically. So, so anyway, so Romy started realizing that Ingrid made up fake people, made up fake accounts to commit her crime in the past. And she's like, it's a little bit of an odd coincidence that, you know, in the past, Ingrid made up these fake people. And now there's people creating fake accounts and fake comments and fake, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, a too coincidental, if you will. And so, and that's when Romy brought back that quote from Dr. Phil at the beginning where she's like, oh, the best way to predict future behavior is by looking at their past behavior. So that's that's what that meant in the beginning. It was related to Ingrid. And like, is she just basically copying the same thing that, that she did in the past? 
So, you know, Ingrid disagrees. She's, of course, she's like, look, this is from 13 years ago. I did my time. Why do I still have to defend myself? And, and, you know, Tanya is, of course, accusing her of creating a worldwide smear campaign, you know, you know, saying that, that Ingrid's turned her influencers against her and turned ex-employees against her and got all these people to make fake accusations on fake accounts. And Ingrid's just like, wow, she's like, I must be pretty powerful. You know, if someone huge and successful like Tanya can be taken down by little old me, you know, I'm not a dietitian. I have this very small company and very small brand. I live oceans away in Monaco. I have a criminal background. And holy shit, this fiber queen is is threatened by me and afraid of, of competition from me. She's like, wow. She's like, I must be really powerful. But no, I absolutely did not do those things. So Ingrid is adamantly denying that she's created these fake accounts, that she's put out false narratives about the F-Factor and about health complaints about F-Factor. And then you hear Tanya come on. You hear Tanya's voice saying, you know, I knew this was a smear campaign. You know, I I thought originally it was cancel culture and anti-diet culture coming for me. But now I realize that this is woman on woman hate crime, that this is these are women that are unhappy with who they are, with where they're at, and they want to ruin me. They want to take it out on me because I live a, a good life. And they, you know, she didn't say this, but you know, she's basically saying these are women that are jealous of me, you know, and they're trying to take me down. And, and so Romy um, went back to Emily and she's like, you know, Emily started talking and, and making it worse for herself. She started, she stopped, you know, talking specifically about, um, you know, issues with a diet that could potentially be backed with medical reports. But, but the problem is that, all of these complaints that were made, she never did produce a report. She never did an independent lab test. Um, she never got, she never was able to really back up anything that she said. Now, that's Romy saying that. And that's why Romy started believing that this is probably a takedown. Now, I do think we learned in previous episode that Emily did have some medical results, right? Like uh, a couple of people did actually have medical records that they sent to the New York Times. And that's that was stuff that the New York Times did produce. Um, Romy, I think, is talking more about like she never got an independent COA, like she never took it, took the products to a lab to get them tested herself. Um, and I've heard Emily come on Instagram before and be like, why should I do that? Why do I have to do it? There's experts that do that. It's expensive. Why would I do that? Um, I mean, you know, I, I, I do think, and I've gotten, I've gotten things lab tested before. Like I've, I've gotten cannabis lab tested myself before. It's like 200 bucks. Uh, I think if you are about to defame a company, it might be smart to do a little bit of that and spend the $200. I mean, now she's in a very expensive lawsuit. So yeah, she might've wanted to do that. But, um, Anyway, so Tanya comes back on saying, look, Emily had no proof. She never produced one medical record. Uh, she just posted anonymous DMs. Uh, but, you know, she's saying these things are facts. And that makes you a danger to society. Now, I do think, and again, I said this at the beginning, that, and I heard Romy come on and she did a live the other day. 
And Romy said that when you're selling a whey or gluten product, that it is normal for, I believe, like 1% to 2% to have skin rashes or to have excessive bloating, gastrointestinal issues, because people, you know, maybe that haven't used whey or gluten products in, you know, in, in a meaningful way, meaning maybe they have higher doses of the fiber, uh, a lot of times that happens to people. It's just a side effect that is normal and to be expected. And that, you know, there was, I guess, like $200,000 of sales where, you know, if you've got $200,000 of sales and you've got 2% of those people, that's 4,000 people. So even at 1% for 2,000 people, um, that would have been like the actual average of what would have been expected for medical reports or people to like go to their doctor with complaints of gastrointestinal issues or or rash issues because they have a reaction to whey or gluten or fiber. Um, and because I think the F factor is whey. I think that's like whey protein. I think they do have a vegan now, but they do and have used whey protein. And so, so anyway, so Romy did find out that fact and that there's only, I think, like 80-something documented uh, medical cases against F-Factor products. So it's actually way below the typical percentage, like 0.003%, I believe it came out to. So I do think that that's a thing. I mean, I, I do think it's, like I talked about in other podcasts, I think it's normal for people to have strange reactions every now and then. Like if you're taking a population of people there's going to be a very small percentage that have a, has a completely different reaction than other people. So um, so I'm not surprised that Emily has some medical reports. And that doesn't mean that F-Factor products are not safe just because some people did have to go to their doctor. So, um, But anyway, these are just talking points. So, so Tanya saying that there's no proof. Emily did provide some proof, whether that's a reason to actively destroy a company, you know, that remains to be seen. I am very curious the outcome of this case, right? They're, they're, someone's going to win and someone's going to have to pay. Someone's going to have to pay a lot of attorney's fees. And because um, Tanya only asked for, I think, like 500000 in damages, but she's probably spent a lot more than that in attorney's fees. I think she came on like months ago saying it's already up to a million dollars. And so it's probably going to get even more expensive by the time it goes to trial. I don't know when the trial is. I'm so curious to see the outcome of this trial. Um, so, so anyway, so Romy actually ended up talking to Tanya. She had a, a long conversation with Tanya for over an hour. And she said Tanya was really hurting. She felt bullied. She felt attacked. But it ends, the episode ends by saying that Tanya hasn't come this far to just let this lie. She's like, she's ready to strike back with a vengeance. And you hear Tanya saying that she's, you know, seen the devil. So again, of course, Tanya's not just gonna, like, let her company be destroyed. Emily feels very, you know, uh, like she's doing the right thing by reporting on all of these things. And... You know, it remains to be seen who will come out victorious. So I cannot wait to find that out. I mean, I can't wait to find out how my own mediation goes, but um, I'm also very curious about the outcome of this case. So the final episode is out next Monday. I will be doing a review of that. If you have any thoughts about this, please DM me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. 
after this show, I'll be very open to new content. Um, I did just renew my Apple membership so I could watch uh, Apple TV and watch that show physical that has um, Rose Byrne in it where she has an eating disorder and she like you hear her inner talk. And so I might do I'm going to try to finish that maybe this weekend or at least watch one like Siri or the first um, like the first uh What's it called? Like the first like, series? <laughs> I can't. Anyway, uh, so season, the first season. Jeez, I can't, I can't get words to come out today. But anyway, I'm going to watch season one and I'll probably do a review on that whole series. And I'm not going to do an individual show by show review, but I will talk about it. I I did watch the first episode because I had been hearing about it and hearing about it and hearing about it. It took me forever to find it for some reason. It was a little hard to watch, I, I will say. It's, uh, if anybody's seen that, DM me. Let me know your thoughts on that. I will, I'm sure I'll do a review at some point. I just need to get through it. But anyway, I hope until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. That means scroll down wherever you listen to podcasts and tap a couple stars. And again, until we meet next week, have a very balanced week, everybody.